Hello, and welcome to the November 24th episode of Investing Beyond Borders, a podcast from Miranda Law Firm that brings you regular insight on investment opportunities and legal and regulatory updates from throughout the Miranda Alliance world. This week, we bring you news on the oil and gas sector in Angola, Mozambique, and Guinea-Bissau, mining in Angola and the Democratic Republic of the Congo, port projects in Mozambique and Timor-Leste, and other major developments in our jurisdictions. Sit back, relax, and enjoy investing beyond borders. Teresa, the floor is yours. We start this week's episode with news that the 2023 edition of the African Investment Forum secured investment interests for projects across the African continent, worth over 34 billion US dollars, including a commitment of 3 billion US dollars to develop special agro-industrial processing zones. Project developers and investors looked at investment opportunities in several areas, including food and agriculture, renewable energy, mining, transport corridors, aviation, deep water seaports and railways, ICT, digital infrastructure, artificial intelligence, creative industries and health. In Angola, the government has announced that it will launch an international public tender for the management of the Agostinho Neto International Airport, which is expected to increase air traffic. The Minister of Transport also pointed out that the airport is opening up other opportunities in aeronautical engineering, maintenance and various support services, as well as the future development of the airport city, as planned in the airport general plan. In order to strengthen and stabilize national oil production, the National Petroleum, Gas and Biofuels Agency plans to tender 50 oil blocks by 2025. The chairman of the agency's board of directors stated that the concessionaire is committed to maintaining the country's attractiveness in the oil sector, with the implementation of a set of reforms by the Ministry of Mineral Resources, Oil and Gas. Advised by Miranda, Portuguese group MCA is bringing electricity to remote Angolan communities and building a renewable energy production network worth 1.2 billion euros that will reach 203,000 homes. The development will include 46 solar grids with a capacity of 265 megawatts, which will reduce CO2 emissions by 7.7 million tons, benefiting more than 1 million people in five provinces. With this project, MCA aims to create a better world for future generations and promote quality of life for people using clean energy solutions. During the first edition of the Angola-France Business Forum in the mining sector, under the slogan Angola, Mining Potential and Business Opportunities, the Secretary of State for Mineral Resources stated that the government's goal for the sector is to attract foreign direct private investment. The Angolan executive has been promoting structural changes in the minerals subsector to create a more favorable business environment for the prospection, exploration, transformation and marketing of mineral resources. On the subject of investment opportunities in Angola, the Secretary of State spoke of Angola's enormous mineral potential in the field of precious metals, also mentioning the project to encourage gold prospecting and exploration and to develop the processing and refining capacity for this metal with the construction of a gold refinery in Luanda. Furthermore, 
he reiterated that the Angolan government would continue to support producers to increase production of ornamental rocks and ferrous metals and present the country's intention to produce steel for civil construction using iron ore for Xinga through the Kutatu Kuchiaren project in Namibe province. Also highlighted were the exploration of copper, manganese, niobium and rare earths as investment opportunities, starting with the Kitata project in the provinces of Kwanzaa-Nord and Melange. Cape Verde reaffirms the government's interest in working with Portugal on the privatization of public companies, which it intends to complete by 2026. The privatization schedule for public sector companies ranges from telecommunications and transport to banking, water and energy, pharmaceuticals and ports. The tenders are currently being finalized, and as soon as they are concluded, the companies will be launched one at a time, and the government will then invite companies in Portugal to participate. The Cape Verde Port Authority and APOR will implement a 23 million euro project for the cruise terminal in 2024, which will allow all cruise ships calling at Porto Grande to be powered by clean energy. According to the Port Authority, there will be a focus on renewable energies, with the goal of reducing annual energy consumption with the installation of photovoltaic solar system connected to the grid for self-consumption. The expected effects of this project are a significant reduction in atmospheric greenhouse emissions, improved air quality in ports and port cities, a reduction in sheep noise and vibration, and compliance with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. In Guinea-Bissau, Diamond Offshore has entered into a one-well drilling contract with an independent, undisclosed operator to utilize the Ocean Black Rhino drill ship for work offshore. The new contract has a minimum duration of 30 days, representing 15.4 million US dollars of additional backlog, excluding mobilization. The work under the new contract is expected to begin in July 2024, in direct continuation of the RIC's current contract. Over in Mozambique, Total Energy is expecting to resume operations at the LNG project in the Ruvuma Basin as early as January 2024. This relaunch is dependent on the re-establishment of peace and stability in Cap Delgado province and the provision of adequate security measures by the Mozambican authorities and regional forces. As has been announced, the company is now working based on a revised budget and timetable for the project, which will be announced in due course this year. The Mozambican government and port concessionaire Maputo Port Development Company are looking to expand its contract by 25 years, which can unlock billions in additional capacity investments. The planned capacity enhancements would allow larger vessels to dock, boosting annual handling volumes substantially. The concession extension and the associated additional investment fit the country's goal of positioning Maputo as a logistics powerhouse and a driving force for regional mineral exports. According to the Standard Bank's Africa Trade Barometer, Mozambique is Africa's third most attractive country for commercial activity. To reach this verdict, the study evaluated 10 African countries and was based on surveys of economic agents from various sectors on openness to trade, access to finance, microeconomic stability, infrastructure, foreign trade, governance, economy and financial behavior of economic operators. 
On the other hand, Portugal is the sixth most attractive country for foreign direct investment in Europe, according to the EY Attractiveness Ranking. Despite the unfavorable international context, international companies believe Portugal is a safe bet. Last year, the country attracted 248 new projects, mainly in software and information technology, the highest growth among the 10 European countries where foreign direct investment increased the most. Galp is looking for financial partners to acquire up to 49% of a group of solar projects it owns in Portugal and Spain. Together, these projects are valued at 1.6 billion euros and represent a capacity of 1,600 megawatts, of which 200 are located in Portugal. Most were acquired alongside construction company ACS, which sold its stake to Galp in 2022, leaving the assets in the hands of the oil company. In the Democratic Republic of the Congo, the government held talks with officials from Delphos, an American company looking to invest 360 million US dollars to set up a modern copper and cobalt refinery in the country. This project is in line with the Memorandum of Understanding signed between the DRC, Zambia and the USA to develop local battery manufacturing for electric vehicles. 3 billion US dollars will be used to boost agriculture and food production on the African continent, with the DRC as one of the five targeted special agro-industrial transformation zones. This is a commitment made by the Alliance for Special Agro-Industrial Processing Zones, an initiative launched by the African Development Bank, the Afrexim Bank, the Arise Integrated Industrial Platforms, Islamic Development Group and the United Nations Industrial Development Organization. This new influx of money comes a few years after the Special Agro-Industrial Processing Zones program for 11 countries, including the Democratic Republic of Congo. The African Development Bank is also taking action in the Republic of the Congo, as it granted the country a 92 million euro loan to implement the first phase of the Economic Diversification Support Program, a program whose aim to strengthen the resilience of the Congolese economy and reduce its dependence on the oil sector. The program will focus on creating a more effective and transparent management of public resources, especially public investments, and improve the governance viability of public corporations. It will also direct its efforts towards improving the business environment, supporting reforms in the electricity sector and developing productive sectors. In Timor-Leste, the Council of Ministers approved the government's draft resolution establishing the national policy for the development of industry, with the aim of diversifying industrial supply, promoting a spirit of innovation and, ultimately, generating sustainable economic growth. The statute establishes priority policy actions to boost industrial activity in the country, focusing on short- and medium-term industrialization of strategic sectors such as agriculture, forestry, fishing, tourism, mineral resources and construction. Besides focusing on industrial and commercial licensing, the draft decree law proposes a general legal regime applicable to electronic transactions. The legal statute will also bring Timor-Leste legal and regulatory framework into line with international standards in order to facilitate the ongoing accession processes to ASEAN and the World Trade Organization, thereby increasing accessibility to foreign markets. 
The government is also looking to regulate Timorese and foreign vessels in national waters, as the Council of Ministers submitted and positively assessed two draft decree laws on the registration of, of ships and vessels and the technical inspection services for ships. The draft statutes established the rules and procedures for registration and inspection services for the use of national ships and vessels in accordance with international standards for maritime safety and protection of the marine environment. The Japanese company Tsuneshi Shipbuilding is planning on building a shipyard in Manatutu, on the north coast of Timor-Leste. Tsuneshi will use 970 square kilometers of land, and according to the initial plan, the private investment could include a minimum of 5,000 jobs for Timorese people and produce 10 to 12 ships a year. The project also includes the construction of schools, hotels and hospitals in Manitou. Timorese company Sacomtel's fiber optic cable will soon reach the country, allowing better and faster access to internet services, thus providing better access to the international market and services such as e-commerce or access to electronic blanking services. According to Sacomtel, the fiber optic cable is connected to PTPLN Icon Plus from Indonesia, which is connected via Singapore by sea. It will involve a total investment of between 25 and 30 million dollars. Lastly, the Ministry of Petroleum and Mineral Resources and South Korean company SKENS have signed a one-year cooperation agreement to prepare the carbon capture and storage process at the Bayundan field after its depletion, a project that is expected to contribute to development and diversification of Timor-Leste's economy. We hope you enjoy this episode of Investing Beyond Borders. We will be back in two weeks' time with more developments in the Miranda Alliance world. Please join us then for more news from the 16 Miranda Alliance jurisdictions. In the meantime, you can drop by our website or LinkedIn page, where you will find more updates on our activity and legal developments of interest to our clients and followers. This podcast was brought to you by Miranda Law Firm and Miranda Alliance. You can find out more about our worldwide activities and assistance to investors at www.mirandalawfirm.com. This episode was presented by Teresa Garcia André from our Lisbon office and Luis Miranda from the Houston office. Content was developed exclusively for Miranda by the Miranda Alliance podcast team. Technical support is provided by Hugo Ribeiro from our communications department. All content is subject to copyright and protected by law.